Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Man, I'm excited that y'all are here. Listen, like I said, Memorial Day weekend. Y'all keeping it real, keeping it hungry for Jesus. Give yourself a hand. You you made it. You made it. All right. Some of y'all like, I'm already tired of these claps. Y'all going to have to get in. Let me tell you something. We're going to throw down today. Y'all going to have to come real. Y'all got to turn up your amen. That's good. Preach it. Uh, uh, but y'all going to have to go ahead and get hype. Um but I will tell you that, um, man, I am so excited that you are here. And uh, next week, I'm going to come ready for y'all because uh, I'm preaching next week. And uh, so, but, 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 so I, I've had a little time off. I'm going to tell you this. I, I do, I take a little bit of time off because, you know, pastors are gifted to communicate the word, but we're not gifted to live it. And so if I'm always studying for you, sometimes i got to study for me. And so uh, I do take times, a couple weeks at, at times to just kind of get my heart right. Get my, I love people. I love life. I love God. I love my wife. I just work. And, and I think that that is the way to have longevity. And so you will see me uh, on the front row today. I got one of my friends coming to minister, and I am a note taker. Listen, I cannot remember everything. And listen, as soon as we're done, I'm going to go eat some whatever we're eating, chicken, pizza, whatever. And uh, the word is going to be good, but I'm focused on some food. But that does not mean that God wasn't speaking. And so note takers are ponderers. They take a moment and they rehearse that moment over and over again. The truth of the matter is there's not been anything in your life that you've done that you've heard one time. It has been a process and a practice. So I'm asking you, come on, to lean in, to aim in, to take notes, to be like, okay, God, I woke up today and you were already up and I believe you got something for me. And so go ahead and lean into this and get it. I have my friend from Mansfield, Louisiana. We've known each other a while. He, his family is here. Uh, Pastor Paul, Casey, uh, Floyd, their kids are here. Uh, Connor is in, doing the internship uh, this summer. Brady's here repping. Come on, the rest of the family. Uh, 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 Ryan, his daughter, is at the beach. So, <laughs> uh, but, but it was Pastor Paul's birthday just a couple of days ago. So listen. Uh, He's here blessing you, so it's like he cooked the cake and served it to you on his birthday. Um, but uh, we are excited. We've known each other for a long time. We've actually knew each other before I became pastor, and before he became pastor, uh, we started connecting uh, back in a camp uh, that we used to go to, and I was a youth pastor, and he was an associate, and he was getting ready to take over his church from his pastor, and um, that was a really exciting uh, transition for them, and we were getting ready to start Be The One and The House, and so we've just kind of navigated our lives and ministry and families together. And, and I just want you to know that when we bring someone up to communicate, I'm not looking on the internet for the best sermon. Okay, when someone comes up to our pulpit, it's because we've known them a long time. We know their family. We know their character. We know their leadership. And we feel like they've got a word to deposit 
to us. Come on, does that make sense? So with honor, y'all give a big hand clap to my friend, Pastor Paul Floyd. Come on. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Hello. So I heard this is the service that we're live streaming also, and I just wanted to give a shout out to everybody that's at home eating ribs and baked beans on Memorial Day weekend. We wish you were here and uh, but eat some for us. Come on, y'all give it up for the for them. They're, they're home and having a good time today. Listen, I want to give some honor to this house, uh, to the house, and to Pastor Stephen and Katie and their family and you guys. Um, this is our first time to be here, even though we've been friends for so long. And uh, we've had some of our pastors that have come up this way and been a part of different events and things. Pastor Jessica and Pastor Wren have been here uh, for some different events over the years. They brag on you guys all the time. And so it is uh, awesome to finally be here and just experience it. The team is amazing and just what God's doing in, in you and the vision and the mission and lives being changed. And it's just awesome. And, uh, and so, and now I've got a son, uh, Connor, who's jumped into the internship uh, this year. And so excited about that. Um, as he said, I've, I brought my, my family here. Uh, my, my smoking hot wife, Casey, is with me. And, uh, and then my son, Brady, uh, he's not smoking hot, but he's, he's awesome. And, uh, and then, Mike, he said, my daughter Ryan's in Destin, Florida. She bailed on us. She was like, I know it's your birthday, but peace, I'm going to the beach. And, uh, and so that's all right. Um, you know, I used to call Casey uh, my smoking hot wife all the time from the pulpit, uh, so much so that when my daughter Ryan was in preschool, uh, she would be back in the preschool class, and she'd be back there with the teachers. And so when she would see her on the TV, on the live stream, in the class, whenever they'd be putting up the service, she'd say, that's my smoking hot mom. And uh, <laughs> so you train them up, and uh, that's what they do. And so anyway, but it's just such an honor to be here. Pastor Stephen's been um, just an inspiration. He's helped us. He came down and had some conversations with us and our team just a couple months ago, helped us get better. We've watched from afar. We are some of your biggest fans from Louisiana and uh, cheering you on for all that God's doing in you. And, and so it's awesome. Amen. Amen. Let's get into the word uh, this morning. I've got a message on my heart that I want to share with you uh, this morning and uh, something that I believe that God just kind of downloaded on the inside of me. It was a really unique the way that this kind of just came up. It doesn't happen like this all the time. Usually it's a lot of uh, praying and preparing and studying and, and, and all of these other parts of, of shaping messages and, and really coming up with something that we want to lead and feed with. And, um, but one night in one of our student ministry services, I was actually supposed to be speaking that night just uh, uh, back in 2019. And right in the middle of worship, literally about five minutes before I'm getting ready to go up and minister to the students, it's like the Lord just scrapped everything that I had written down and just started. I just He just directed me to this story, this passage of Scripture, and just began to download some things on the inside of me and uh, for our church, for our church family, for our family, for me. And uh, it, it really, it, it, it challenged me. It changed me. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, all of the Word of God is alive and active. It all is. It's all life-changing, whether you're reading it, preaching it, listening to it. But how many of you know that there's still some prophetic things that God will speak and say that are right on time, even things that you've heard before, that God can just, it's just the season you're in. And God just wants to speak some things and breathe over some things in your life that if you'll lean in and grab it, 
it literally can be life-changing. Amen? And, uh, and I'm believing and praying. Matter of fact, let's pray right now. Father, I thank you for the word today. I thank you, Father, for the opportunity, Lord, to just minister the word of God. And I believe, Lord, that uh, hearts that are open today, I believe people that are leaning in with expectation, that, Lord, that you are speaking something in their season, Lord, that will be life-changing. I pray right now, Lord, for uh, just your presence that's here. I thank you, Lord, for your presence, and we rejoice, Lord, that we're here together. It's profitable that we're here together, that we'll leave better because uh, we're here together with the family of God. And, Lord, I just thank you right now for giving us some clarity. Speak the word or give us some direction by your Holy Spirit. We're here. We're open, Lord, to whatever you want to do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you brought a Bible, um, turn to Joshua chapter 3. Um, I, I like old school Bibles. Um, I, you know, I still like to smell them when I, when I buy them. You know, a good Bible smells good, you know, whenever. And, uh, and so I love to just feel the pages and touch it. But if you've got a phone, smell it, you know, open it up, whatever you want to do. It's not the same, but uh, have at it. But I want to read this passage. I'm going to read a chunk of Scripture uh, uh, you know, at one time here at the beginning, and then we're going to go through and look at some thoughts that, um, that I want to share with you out of this story. In Joshua chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from, we're going to call that Shittim today, and they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and they lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. If you like to underline, uh, you like to make some notes in your Bible, I want you to underline that verse 3, because we're going to come back to that in, in some of our, our thoughts here. But uh, underline, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the priests, then set out from your place and follow it. Verse 4 um, yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it, in order that you may know the way that you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. I underline that one in my, my Bible as well. I love that God's the ancient of days. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But how many of you know he's still doing new things? Have you know that as a church, as a person, as a family, he's still bringing you into some new things. I, Isaiah prophesied about it and declared that, you know, sometimes you have to, you don't, you don't even see it. He says, behold, can't you see that, that God's doing something new, that it's springing up, that there's this idea that even though God never changes, he's still bringing change into our life. It's part of the process. And how many of you know he wants to take you somewhere you've never been? Come on. You, some, you may a little be nervous about that, but when you follow Christ, when you follow the Lord, when you're obedient, you're going to go some places that you didn't know before, and it's going to be a little uncomfortable, but that's okay because he's leading us that way. Then he says in verse 5, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Uh, another translation, I don't know if it says it there, the NIV, I think it says the Lord's going to do amazing things tomorrow, and I love that. I I don't want to lose the wonder and the awe of God's amazing possibilities. You know, that, that I can get kind of locked in sometimes to the, the failures, the experiences, you know, Pastor Stephen was just talking about, or I can start to listen to all the other voices, and I can forget that we serve a God who's still doing amazing things. 
that he still wants to do some things that seem impossible, that he still wants to make the barren fruitful, that he still wants to bring water to the dry ground, that he can still bring water out of a rock, that he can still split the waters. Amen? And it's so important. You, Your expectation is what sets the environment for miracles. It really is. It's the expectation that you have. If, if all we do is walk through this life and never appreciate the awe and the wonder, or we even try to talk ourselves out of it so many times, or let others, everybody wants to talk us out of hope. Everybody wants us to go, you know, that's just not being real. That's just not, you're being too practical. You're, you're, not, you know, you're not being practical enough. You know, that, that everybody wants to talk us out of it. And I have found that, you know what, God is still doing amazing things in our life. And what a day to be alive. Right now in this world where we're living, where we need a move of God in the body of Christ, we need to see some amazing things. I believe he's still doing it. In verse 6, and Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant, pass before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and they went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of Israel that they may know that as I was with Moses, I'll also be with you. And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will, without fail, drive out from before you all of the ites that are on the other side of the river. He said, Behold, the ark of the... Let me just stop right now. How many of you know that where you're going, there's more giants? How many of you know that where you're going, there's more opposition? So, you know, sometimes when you go to where God's calling you, you're like, you, you can almost lose your heart. But how many of you know that when you're passing on the miracles of God on the way there, that's how you know that when you get there, God's already got provision. Let's just look back and think about God's goodness for a second. Come on, let's, they're, they're at the brink of the Jordan right now, but how many of you know that they've also, generations have passed through the Red Sea, they were brought out of Egypt, that they were protected from the plagues, that God brought water out of the rock, that the glory of God came down on Mount Sinai, gave them the law, all these wonderful things, and how many of you know that even, even us, we can forget sometimes. So when we get to where God's calling us, we can go, oh me, oh my, what's gonna ha- what, what am I going to do? And God says, here's how you're going to know when you get there and they're all there. Just know that because of the miraculous that you've walked through already, you need to hold on to that because that's going to be your proof that God's also going to take care of the opposition there. And then in verse, uh, uh, verse um, I lost where I was at. I got too excited. Verse 10. All right, verse, uh, let's go to verse 11. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take 12 men from the tribes of Israel from each tribe a man, and when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the ark were, dri- uh, were dipped in the brink of the water. In my Bible, in parentheses, it says, now the Jordan overflows all its banks through the time of harvest. So what it's trying to get us to see is, is that the, the river was in flood stage. In the time of harvest, the Jordan wasn't easy to cross. It was a lot more difficult because it was in flood stage, okay? And it says as soon as they 
put their feet in the brink of the waters, that it happened just as God said it did. You can keep reading that they stood up in a heap and that the waters parted. Okay, now listen to this in verse 17. Now the priests bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. I want to give you a few thoughts here that, um, that you know, hopefully will help you. It really helped me in this season that we're in. Uh, we're, how many of you know God's expanding the kingdom? God's expand. He wants us to make room for more. I love the season that you guys are in here where you're, you know, you're purchasing a building. And you know what? And you're, and, and you're doing some things that are a little unconventional. And you're doing some things in a season of time with COVID and racial tension and all these things that were at the, at the, at the moment seem to be tearing at the fabric of the house of God. Yet you guys are moving forward in this season in God's blessing. Amen. And I, I know that, that I know that you guys, or this is probably just going to be some confirmation or some reminders, but it's a healthy reminder for us all. The first thought that I really want us to grab a hold of out of this story is this: number one, follow His presence. Follow His presence. This seems um, this this seems so cliche. It seems so automatic. We're in church. We're here. When this is Memorial Day, they're eating ribs. We're here in the house of God, right? And 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 so it would seem like this is the crowd that doesn't need to hear this. But you know what I found out is that even as a pastor and as ministers and as leaders and as the faithful group, and maybe you're here and you've never even been in church, and you're like, I don't know anything about this. Whatever the season is, it's always good to remember that nothing happens when you're doing something for. God without the presence of God. You can, get, you can get so caught up in mechanics and you can get so caught up in all of the things that can be important. You know, all of the practical parts of ministry, all the practical parts of doing life as a believer, reading your Bible and prayer, going to church, tithing, doing all these things. How many of you know all that's great and it can be wonderful, but without the presence of God on that, without God's grace in my life, that I can grow weary. I can get kind of burned out. I can actually throw in the towel a little too soon. I can begin to feel like it's more work than there is rest and joy in it. Amen? And God wants us as believers, especially in this day and age, to be in awe of his presence, to understand that nothing happens outside of the anointing. There is no replace, replacement for the anointing of God. There is no replacement for the Spirit of God. Maybe even Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, uh, whenever he was talking about this, um, this concept, even in the way that he preached. He said, you know, when I came to you, I didn't come to you with eloquent words, with men's wisdom. I didn't come to you trying to convince you or persuade you because I'm so wise. He said, I wanted your faith to rest in something besides my wisdom, just my theological depth. I wanted your faith to rest in the demonstration of the Spirit of God and the power of God. That as the family of God and as the family of believers, God is calling us not to just have one moment or one encounter with His Spirit, but to depend on His Spirit upon our lives every day. You know, there is a vast difference between having the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me and being clothed with the Spirit in my life for the work of ministry. There's a difference. There is a work of the Holy Spirit as a believer. He's working on the inside of me. But every day as a believer, as I'm live, uh, uh, living out the call upon my life, whatever occupation I'm in, 
whether I'm a doctor, whether I'm a plumber, I'm an electrician, whether I'm a pastor, whether I'm a school teacher, that there is a grace that God wants to put on my life, but I've got to be open and welcome his presence. I've got to pursue that. I've got to open up to that every day. David, King David, he said this. He said, uh, uh, you've exalted my horn uh, like a wild ox. And then he said, and I shall be anointed with fresh oil. How many of you know we need some fresh oil? We need some fresh anointing. We need some fresh presence upon our life. Amen? So the presence of God is, a, is, a, is an important part in the formula or in the strategy of taking any ground of seeing healing in any marriage, of seeing life in any heart, it is the presence of God. Amen? The second thought that I want you to write down today is, is that we have to consecrate ourselves. We have to consecrate ourselves. Consecrate ourselves. The word consecration in the Old Testament is just a big word for preparation. So anytime God would uh, uh, ask a priest or he'd ask the, the, the people of God to do anything for him, there was always a, a time of consecration, which was just a, a moment of ceremonial washings. Uh, it was, uh, it was uh, you know, bringing animals for sacrifice. It was burnt offerings. It was the drink offerings. It was ceremonial worship and honor. But it was a lot of it was to prepare and cleanse themselves to get ready for whatever was getting ready to happen. So he told them, look, you're getting ready to cross over. But before you get there, it's super important that not only do you follow my presence, but that also that you prepare yourself. That you get ready for whatever it is that God's got for your life. The reason is, is because if you get to where God's calling you and you're not prepared, then you won't sustain it. If you move and you follow God's presence, that's great. But if you get to wherever it is that God's bringing you, if you are now stewarding things that God's called you to steward, if you're now growing in whatever it is that God has for your life, if I get there, it's like the lottery winner who doesn't know how to handle the money. It ruins their life. What they thought would be a blessing actually becomes a curse because they actually don't know how to steward that much money. Happens to our professional athletes all the time. They come out of impoverished situations where no one ever sat down and taught them how to handle what was coming their way. And so when it comes, it either is going to be a blessing because you've prepared for it, or it's going to be a burden. You know, leadership in God's house, leading a life group and jumping into different seasons and callings, it's either going to be a blessing or it's going to be a burden based on the preparation of my life. And here's the thing about preparation for you and me is that we can't compare everybody else's preparation. There are some things that God will ask you to do to prepare you for what God's bringing you to that's maybe different than everybody else. You know, when my, when my wife was, was pregnant, with Connor for the first time, our first baby, our first baby boy. I remember that it's amazing when you find out the day, you know, that, that, you're, that you're pregnant, that you have conceived and you've got this wonderful gift on the inside. It's amazing how much life changes then, right? The closets begin to fill up with baseball bats and nursery items begin filling the rooms and you're already buying a new car because I got to make room for the new and all these things. But one of the things that Casey did that, that was really, uh, um, you know, something she felt convicted about was that when she found out she was pregnant, she had read some information about how caffeine wasn't good for the baby. And so immediately, she loves Dr. Peppers. I mean, that's like her go-to. She loves a good Dr. Pepper. And so I remember immediately she cut it out. 
She quit drinking coffee. She quit drinking Dr. Peppers. Now, all of her friends are out drinking Dr. Peppers, and all of her friends are out doing all the stuff that they want to do, but you know what? She was being sensitive to the gift on the inside. That even though everybody else can do it, it's not right or wrong. It's just, what am I supposed to do? God may be bringing you somewhere he's not bringing everybody else. God may be taking you somewhere that he's not taking everybody else. And it's not a good or a bad, yeah. It's not a good or a bad. It's just being sensitive. You know, uh, for, you know whether you, people want to argue about drinking or not. People want to argue about, is this right? Is this wrong? You know what I got to tell you is, is that the Holy Spirit's big enough to tell you on the inside of what you need to do to protect the gift on the inside of you. Amen? So what's right for some may not be right for you, but you got to be obedient to the preparation because if you get to where you're going and you hadn't consecrated and prepared, you may not be able to sustain all that God wants to do in your life. Amen? So preparation is a big deal. The third thought that I want to give to you today is this, is that we've got to, this is the really, this is really kind of the heart of the message. It's the kind of the title of the message. That is you got to step in the water you got to step in the water. Again, I know this is simple. I'm not deep. This is really simple. But here's what I want you to understand, that in, in the context of God's instruction to these, these, this generation, this Joshua generation, you know, Moses, chapter 1 of Joshua, Moses is dead. He's, 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 he's passed away. Moses is now, I mean, Joshua is now in charge. There's a, a new generation. There's something new that God's doing in the people of God. The old didn't get to pass into the promised land, but this new generation is getting ready to move into, into God's design all along. And so, but you got to understand that they knew some of them may have been around or even heard the stories about the last time that God asked them to cross a body of water. If you remember, it's the Red Sea. And, and, and Charleston Heston or Moses stood up and he... And he, and, and, he, and he raised his staff up. If you remember the story, they, they'd come to the Red Sea. Egypt was chasing them, and God told them to cross the Red Sea. And God gave Moses instruction that if he would lift his staff up, that God would part the Red Sea. And then the children of Israel passed on dry ground, and then he buried Egypt's armies in the Red Sea behind them. But here we are now at the Jordan River, and there's promised land on the other side. And he didn't tell Joshua to raise a staff. He told the priest to step in the water. And it's, it's two totally different things. And here's what the Lord was showing me, is that when God brings me somewhere new, don't expect it to happen the way it always has. How many times do we get hung up? Well, I don't like the music. I don't like the colors. I don't like, well, I don't like this. I don't like, I like church like it used to be. It used to, I like this. I like, I like that when they preach like this, and I like it when they do this, and they don't ever do Sunday school anymore. Now they've got, like, I don't understand all this. But when God's doing something new, and he's downloading vision, and he's putting vision into a pastor and into a people, and he's rallying people, it's not going to always look the same. And my breakthrough is not always going to come the same way that it did last time. It may be in principle God's doing it, but God is not always going to do it. God's not, that's why we don't, you know, that's why we don't build churches around a burning bush and we don't build churches around mud in the eyes and we don't build churches around, you know, touching the hem of a garment. We don't build churches around a method. We build churches around His presence. We prepare ourselves, and then we're ready to be obedient to step wherever it is that God's called me to step and do whatever it is that God's called me to do. Amen? 
We sometimes are waiting for somebody else to do it. And that's what they were used to is, where's Moses? I can imagine the conversation, well, where's Moses? Moses didn't do it this way. Why do I have to get my feet wet? Have you looked at the Jordan River? Have you seen that it's flood stage? We need, you, you must not have heard from God, Pastor Stephen. Have you seen the building costs that are going up? And have you seen all the things that are happening in our world right now? You can't build a building right now. This is not possible. This is not, I mean, what? And so we want to negotiate. Well, let's just give it some time. Let's pray a little bit more. Let's walk around the water. You know, in Jericho, they walked around the wall seven times, and the walls just came down. What if we pace the river seven times? I can just, you know, what, what? Actually, I don't even think they had Jericho then, but you understand what I'm saying. Like they, some of y'all are judging me theologically right now, like, ah, I got you. I got it. I understand. Just, just flow with me. But you understand what I'm saying is, is we always go to a pattern of our breakthrough when God may be doing something a little different. Maybe you find your breakthrough in leading a life group. Maybe you find your breakthrough in joining a life group. Well, I just, I just want to be at the altar and worship. I want someone to lay hands on me. But what if he wants to do it through somebody else? What if God wants to do something in you that's totally different? But you got to step in the water. you got to be a part of the process. Don't wait on everybody else. Step in the water. Amen? Everybody say, step in the water. And then the last thought that I want to leave you with today is this. Is I want you to understand this last part of this is that my obedience will make a way for others. Let me say it another way. My obedience is not just about me. So this whole time we've been setting this up about your breakthrough. But what if all of this is not just about your breakthrough but others? What if your step of obedience is bigger than this thing that's been nagging and you're waiting for your promise? But what if, what if as New Testament believers, even, even the way that Jesus set this up and the pattern that we follow, it's not always just about my pain. It's not always just about, I'm not saying God's not sensitive. I'm not saying that you don't have breakthroughs. I'm not saying that God doesn't want to do something just for you. But at the same time, could it also be that he could take your obedience and progress towards your breakthrough and cause that to unlock something else for others that are following? That's why I love this house so much because I love the fact that whenever I get to hang out with Pastor Stephen or even being here and seeing it, that it's multi-generational. Right, That it's not about just one elite person. It's not about one elite group of people. That they are on a mission to empower and to help other people reach potential. That framework and life groups and next steps is not about just uh, building a program. It literally, the heart is, is that God's got something for you. And their mission is to step in the middle. And even if they've got to be carriers of the presence and step in the water just so they could look back and see others that are passing because of their obedience. It's worth it. Amen? You know, I, I, amen. I'm, uh, I'm a fruit of that. I'm here today doing what I do because somebody stepped in the water. I served on staff at the church that I still am pastoring at today, but I served there for 20 years before I ever stepped into the role of senior pastor. Served the founder of the church. He's like a dad to me, a father to me. And uh, just an amazing relationship. But 38 years ago, he had to step in the water and say yes to something 
not even knowing that I would ever be there, not even knowing that I would come along, not even knowing that, that I would be actually taking the, the, the role of the senior pastor of the church. And now you look at our church and there's young people everywhere and there's generations that have been changed and we look back and I'm a fruit of it, but now after 25 years of being there, we get to look back and see the fruit. You know, Pastor Stephen Hill and his sister Jessica, they were, they were born into LWC even before I got there and I got a chance to watch them grow, but because of people like Pastor Glenn and Pastor Stephen and Katie and, and us and you, there are people that are passing on their journey because of your obedience. And our obedience could look lots of different ways. It can look like finances. It can look like serving and using my gift. It can, it can, it can look like a million different things in the body of Christ. It could be hanging in there and being a school teacher in a really difficult place because, you know, you've been wanting to throw in the towel, but maybe God's put you there for such a time as this so others can pass on your obedience. Whatever it is, God is going to bless it. God is going to do something amazing whenever you're obedient, even though it's difficult. Now, one of the things I, I didn't point out in the beginning, but I want to bring this to a head with this thought, is that in the Old Testament, as they... As they were moving, the ark moved. The ark was a representation of the presence of God. And to them, they believed the presence was in the ark and on the ark. It was the representation of that. And so, if you notice, they followed the ark where they couldn't get near it. Aren't you glad that today, that we don't have an ark that represents the presence, but you and I carry the presence? Amen? that you and I carry the presence. And so it's not something that we're trying to see magical that we're trying to follow. God's looking for a heart that'll step up and say, here I am. I want to be a carrier of the presence of God. Here I am. Prepare me for whatever it is that you've called me to do. Here I am. I'm ready to step into the water. I want to get my feet wet. I want to get my souls wet. I want to be one of the ones in the water and here I am, Lord, it's not just about me. Here I am, it's not about me. Lord, I believe that you'll take my obedience, you'll take my, my step of faith, and that others will pass. I don't think I read the verse. Verse 17, it says, The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan, and they stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation completed the crossing on dry ground. Those that carried the presence stepped in the river first, but when they got to the middle, they stopped, and they made sure everybody else had an opportunity to pass before they finished passing with the heart. I believe that's the church today. That's the church in communities like this, is he's looking for a remnant of people who will be passionate for the presence of God, but that'll step into the river and then just be patient and let people pass because of our obedience to the things of God. Amen? Amen. I want you to stand up with me if you would. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.